whether we're talking about business, wellness, travel, or relationships. I've always thought age is just a number. Welcome to Ageless with me, Cynthia Raleigh, and my daughter, Kit Keenan. Hi guys, jumping in here super quickly. I am so excited to announce our giveaway with Free People Movement. I love them and you guys know I live in their workout sets. So there will be three winners and they'll each be awarded a $250 credit to Free People Movement. All you have to do is subscribe and rate Ageless on Apple Podcasts. Follow me my mom, and Free People Movement on Instagram and comment on my latest post. All right, now into the episode. Hi, everyone, and welcome back to Ageless. Today, we are blessed to have the beauty director at Goop, Jean Godfrey-June, on Ageless today. So thank you so much for being on. Thanks for having me. We're so excited. excited. I mean, just to kick it right off... You're such an icon of the beauty industry. And I just think that, you know, in your book, uh, Free Gift with Purchase, you sort of talk about how it was an improbable uh, trajectory. And, you know, a little bit about your your childhood, which I can totally relate to. But, um, yeah, just, I mean, just tell us a little bit about that and your journey and you know how you got to how you got to be where you are now I always loved writing that was my uh interest um and beauty I mean everyone's interested in beauty and that they like you know beautiful things I think that's just sort of a, a human trait that people are attracted to varying degrees to 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 beautiful things and um and what makes a person beautiful or not, you know, there's so many ingredients. It's definitely not just a, you know, blush shade or something. Uh, but I wasn't interested in, in makeup particularly any more than anybody else, um, or beauty. Um, you know, I, I, I just wanted not to break out and to look cute. Um, and, um, and that was something of a struggle. So I definitely, <laughs> I think I've prepared for me for uh, helping people out with, with beauty. But, um, but I love to write. I love reading. I love writing. That's what I like. And I dreamed, I mean, very early on about, about uh, working in a magazine. And I loved magazines. And magazines, I, I came from a very sort of, my family was kind of off from the culture at large um, to some degree. They were, my parents were scientists. and. And so magazines, you know, I'd see like, you know, I'd get uh, like my family would get Newsweek, you know, and I, there'd be I'd be like, oh, my God, these are the other people, you know, and I was super excited <laughs> to sort of like join the <laughs> join the culture in some way. And so magazines to me were just magical. And like when I was a teenager, I read every fashion magazine. I loved fashion. I loved, you know, um, and I always skipped over the beauty articles, to be honest, um, because beauty articles for a very long time in women's magazines were kind of in a different voice than the rest of the magazine. And they were just kind of a list of like, here's some advertisers that have lipstick, you know? (laughs) And, um, anyway, I, I got into magazines, uh, when I, when I got out of college, um, and, uh, I, I worked at a real estate magazine, (laughs) um, writing about like luxury real estate, and um, was that in New I, York? It was in New York. I came to New York and I'd actually had a I'd had an advertising job when I first got out of school and um and I got and I I was in Cincinnati. I I got ma- <laughs> sorry I'm telling such a weird story but I got married right out of college which is very unusual from someone from northern California. Wow. And we moved to Cincinnati and my whole like everyone in in Palo Alto where I'm from was just like you're what? You're getting married and moving <laughs> to Ohio? Like, what? And, I, and so that's what I did. And it was for my husband's job. And um, and the only job I could find that was sort of in the area I was interested in was an ad 
agency and it was a tiny ad agency and it had all these contracts with the state and I was the only copywriter. So I got to do all these like, you know, Ohio lottery commercials and I would cast them and, you know, work with production companies. I had like kind of a big job, even though I was making $12,000 a year and was like the bottom of the And you were like 22 years old or something. Yeah. Yeah. And so when I got to New York, I think I was 22 when I got to New York, maybe 21. And, uh, you know, I'd been doing that for like a year and I was like, okay, I'm ready to go be, you know, a big shot advertising person. And they were like, yeah, you're going to be an assistant. And I was like, do I love advertising? No, you know, I'm going to try to, to do my dream, which is magazines. And so I found there was, there was this one magazine job that was half writing ads like for luxury real estate and half writing articles. And I had this incredible editor, Roger Yee, who just had the highest standards on earth. Like you wouldn't think at this, you know, it was called Unique Homes. Um, you wouldn't think that that magazine would have been like the bastion of like journalistic standards, but he just was like, this is it. This is how we're doing this. You know, you, wow. you're not going to turn in some, you know, like even well-written piece. It has to be the best piece, best research, you know, and I learned so much from him. Um, and I worked with him at an uh, architecture and interior design magazine after that. And I'd always learned in, you know, sort of like journalism classes and what people say um, that if you wanted to write like a freelance article or something, you should write a proposal to the editor. And um, I, my grandmother, I very close to my grandmother, and she kept saying when I worked for these obscure magazines, you know, when are you gonna, when are you gonna work at a magazine where like I can be in the grocery store and pick it up and buy it? And I wanted <laughs> that too, <laughs> you know. <laughs> and I wanted that also. Like I had written, you know, fictional short stories about you know all kinds of fashion magazine drama and stuff. I definitely, I just loved the whole concept of a magazine and a magazine person and a fashion person. And um, so I, instead of writing those proposals, what I started doing was just writing an article and sending it to the magazine. Um, I found every time I tried to write a proposal, it was in a different voice than the magazine, you know, um, right. whereas, oh, you know, so smart. I could really, you know, imitate the, the sound of a magazine really easily. And I had a friend who worked at Vogue and she'd call me up and be like, help me help me with a sentence. And, uh, you know, I'd, 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 you know, parody what a Vogue sentence would sound like. And then a couple months later, I'd see it in the magazine. And it was so exciting. You know, it didn't even have my name on it. It thrilled me to death. And um, then and so I started writing these articles and I got I got a piece in travel and leisure. I got a piece in New York magazine. I um, where I literally just sent sent the piece to the the editor, you know, it, it just saves everybody a whole bunch of time, like doing the thing, you know, if you're like, that I want is this. so, yeah, it's yeah. so genius. It's like, then you're, you're how, who's going to be like, no, thanks. Yeah. You know, yeah. Yeah. Plus now the, the, you know, feeding the content machine is so, you know, you need, it's everybody just, needs need so it. much content. Yeah. And like, yeah. how could you turn that down? Oh, that's so smart. Yeah. And also you don't, I mean, the way to prove yourself is to prove yourself. You know, if you're like, I think I can exactly. do this, let me tell you why I can do it. You don't need to tell someone why you're qualified to do something. If you do it, they're like, they can't deny you can do it. And then uh, the way things worked at Vogue back then when my friend worked there uh, was that stories would get kicked out at the last minute. You know, Anna would see something and just say, oh no, this, this won't work. Bring me something else. And um and that happened. And they were like, oh, my God, we need a story. Like, can you write something over the weekend? And um, I knew uh, Bobby Brown was starting out as a, uh, as a as an entrepreneur. She'd been this incredible makeup artist and she was wow. she made she'd made 10 lipsticks. And so yeah. I wrote this story totally over the weekend. This. <laughs> I wrote the story over the weekend and sent it in and they were like, fine. Yes, good. And then I was in Vogue and then everybody wanted me to write a beauty story. I hadn't been interested in beauty particularly before that. But there, as I mentioned, beauty, beauty editorial at the time was at, at every magazine was, was, was kind of weak. Um, it wasn't strong on writing. And so I was freelancing a lot for Elle magazine and, uh, and a position came up for a senior editor. 
And um, and I'd already proved to them that I I could write those kinds of articles, so I got the job. Well, you know, so that that's sort of how I came to <laughs> to beauty. <laughs> it, it wasn't you know my ultimate interest, but what even in writing other articles, like if you interviewed a celebrity, you know, which I did for for a long time, um, you know, if you ask them a beauty question all of a sudden they're, you know, they, they'd have some memory that was really visceral and that was very personal instead of, um, you know, the usual sort of canned answer. So I do think it's a great way into people's lives. You know, obviously that's been commercialized a huge amount, but it's still true. You know, somebody asks you the first perfume you ever tried or something, you have a really powerful mm -hmm. memory that goes with that. And, um, and I think it's a language between people too. It's, it's very, you know, you share some mascara you love with your friend and it, you know, you have a, a bonding moment. It's really true. Like uh, how many times have I been, like you meet someone new and you either talk about, I, I think at a certain age, like you're either talking about beauty or, um, and and then maybe you throw in some fertility or something like that's part of it too like there's women get together and beauty and sex is kind of like that that's what is the icebreaker connecting force yeah, yeah for sure i think that you got you became who you are because the actual creative process that of of writing was first and foremost and what you were writing about was, you know, sort of like secondary, like you just like the process of writing and I, the creative process. And I think that's such an important foundational element, you know, to any kind of career is that like the, it's not the end goal that you're searching for. It's like the journey and the process that is going to take you there. You love acting. You don't, it's not like, I want to be, I want to have 10 million followers on Instagram, you know, like it's, yeah. <laughs> it's sort of, um, you know, you, you, unless like what you love is doing Instagram, you know, but like the, yeah, yeah, I agree. Yeah. I mean, for me, I know fashion was like an accident, you know, I just liked making things, grew up in, you know, like family. My dad is actually a chemist. Oh, you're kidding. Science. My dad's a biologist. Yeah, it's That's so funny. funny. Yeah, it's so funny. And I wasn't allowed, like, sugary cereal. <gasps> and we really? were like, oh, You my read God. my cereal story? <laughs> it's seriously, I was, like, just, it's my entire childhood. Like, I remember oh begging, God. begging, please, can we have store-bought cookies? <laughs> like, we just wanted Chips yeah. Ahoy or Oreos. Oh, my God. Like, <laughs> white bread I was like friends, yeah I was friends with this girl just because she had Pringles at her house I remember I was oh. like you know just dying for anything normal and a little bit uh you know yeah not so healthy I, I was so excited by like like you know cereal <laughs> commercial cereal that I was at my cousin's and they had like they were the opposite and they had every kind of fruit loop every kind of everything and I was kind of like, oh, my God, you know, there, there's so many choices. It was that, you know, Malcolm Gladwell paradox of choice where you have too many uh, options. Yeah. So I finally picked one and I poured in the bowl and everyone's kind of staring at me. And I was like, why are they staring at me? Oh, well, I don't care. I'm going to get this cereal. I'm so excited. So I pour the milk on it and everybody's kind of staring at me and smiling. And, I'm like, <laughs> and I had taken bugles which if you don't know, are like a, you know, they're like a, they're, they're a salty that snack actually, that I didn't know about. It kind of sounds good a little bit. <laughs> Wait, I mean, that is so funny. Everybody oh was like, you're having Google, I would know, bugles and bugles. cereal. Bugles. <laughs> so. Kind of all the same. They just either put some sugar in the box or, or some, some salt, salt in the box. Definitely. It's all the same. Oh it <laughs> and I am a more savory person, so. Um, well, maybe we can jump back into your career a little bit and talk about, I know your focus now is more on clean beauty. So can we talk about that focus and, and where that came in? Oh yeah. Um, well it was probably about, I don't know, maybe 15 years ago, maybe even a little more beauty editors 
for magazines used to have to go once a year to this convention. It was a cosmetic convention in Florida. And um, it was called, uh, it's called PCPC. I don't know what exactly what it stands for. I'm horrible. Uh, Personal Care Products Council. That's what it stands for. And I, I believe it still happens. But anyway, we would go down, we'd go with our publishers and sort of, ex- because all the beauty companies were there who are advertisers that, you know, support uh, the magazine, we would go down with our publishers and sort of give presentations about the magazine to every different cosmetic company that was down there. Um, and meanwhile, those cosmetic companies were having meetings, um, which we weren't really part of, and that was fine. And then one year, a very big uh, personal care and beauty product company that was the you know our largest advertiser at the time, I was working at Condé Nast, they, they called all the beauty editors and said, you need to go to this meeting. It's really important, and we're going to be taking names. Um, you know, we are your all biggest advertisers, so you better go to this meeting. So we went. And we're kind of all seated in one spot in the meeting. And the president of that company gave the speech. And at one point, he turned to us and started speaking directly to us and said, beauty products are safe. And they're, you know, as journalists, it's your job to report that. And of course, none of us, including me, had ever considered that beauty products weren't safe. <laughs> it was the dumbest PR move ever um, <laughs> on the part of these people um, because it it raised this question in our minds that had never been there. I had never considered beauty products having having an issue with them um, for anything. And so when I remember I got back, um, and that was sort of a mass large uh, beauty and personal care company. And then when we got back from that meeting, I remember a friend and I, I another beauty editor, Jane Lurkworthy, um, we had lunch with the president of a luxury beauty company. And so we were like, hey, you don't use like, you know, toxic ingredients like this guy is saying that, you know, like, and um, he was like, oh, you, you, you can't make beauty, you know, this is how we make beauty products. It's in such small amounts that it doesn't matter. You know, but it was basically the same <gasps> story, you know, and Whoa. and we were like, kind of like, well, what about like birth bees or Willeta? Because we knew those things didn't have a lot of the preservatives and things. And they were the guy just didn't have an answer. You know, he's just kind of like, well, you know, that's not our model. And it's never going to change. And so ever oh since God. then, you know, I was working at Lucky at that point and I was reporting on every kind of beauty product and I love beauty products. Um, I, but I would, I definitely paid attention when something came out that was, you know, at the time there wasn't even the word clean. It was like, it was natural, it was organic, you know, and it was, it's very hard to sort through those terms and understand. And I, you know, I did not have a huge understanding of it, but I'd be amazed when like, I remember like Josie Marin came out with like an oil and I was like, whoa, that's fantastic. You know, and, and I would promote those just because I felt like I want the beauty industry to move in this direction. I want, I want to be able to use things that I don't feel funny about, you know, it's not even like, oh, I'm going to use this lipstick and I'm going to get cancer. It's like, why wouldn't I want to be like, this is good for me. So Mm -hmm. I, um, I was always interested in that angle and I couldn't pursue it, you know, too intensively while I was at a magazine that was covering everything. Um, but then when Lucky closed and it was the first <laughs> first casualty of, uh, of the sort of downturn in magazines and it was really hard, um, I freelanced and stuff for nine months and um, uh, an old colleague from, from Lucky, uh, Elise Lunen, called me and was like, oh, would you want to work for Goop? And I'm like, yeah, so uh, you know, um, <laughs> of course I would. And at the, you know, and um, as I learned about uh, the um, the positioning of Goop, Gwyneth's position is really what at the time seemed so strict to me. Um, she had, uh, you know, her journey had been, you know, her father had cancer. And it sort of woke her up to the potential toxins in food, in the environment. Um, and then, uh, you know, she she found out about a lot of the, the toxins they use in conventional beauty products and was like, OK, I'm not doing this anymore. I'm going to change. And so she wanted Goop to reflect 
that and to only sell things that we felt were as safe as they could be. And didn't include, you know, when you, the, you know, the, the beauty industry is the dose makes the poison argument is always like, well, there are these potentially toxic ingredients, but you're getting so little of them that it doesn't matter. You know, if you drank too much water, you'd die also. But the amount of those chemicals that we end up being exposed to, um, you know, over over a lifetime or even over just a day and how many different products do we use um, can be, you know, significant. And, and why worry about that when there are alternatives, you know? Um, why, why be like, oh, is this bad? Should I not, not be using this? You want to be like, oh, I don't have to think about this. I feel good about it. And um, when I started, I was like, oh my God, there's like three brands that fit our, you know, that meet our standards. How, how am I going to create, you know, enough content <laughs> where I'm just talking about things that meet these standards? Um, but it was a great time in the industry. And, you know, in very short order, there have been many, many companies and they've taken, you know, conventional technology, but just used, you know, non toxic ingredients. And, you know, you ha it's, it's been an explosion of like, you can now, you know, get anything you want, in my opinion, um, that you would find in a conventional beauty brand, you can get it in clean. Um, and, uh, mm -hmm. and, you know, it's exploded now it's a section in Sephora and it's, you know, it's become, um, and that was Gwyneth's goal, you know, it, it, to some degree was to just make beauty safer in general. Um, and uh, it is moving in that direction. So I, it's been exciting to be part of it. And it, I was in the beginning just like, oh, my God, how am I going to write enough stories to be vaguely entertaining with like a few brands? But they it really did explode. Now well, it's, it's such a whole like world now. Yeah. And I think that everything that's happening as a lifestyle, everything is supporting that. So I know you mentioned the food industry and, and labeling in the food industry. And I think that the beauty industry is sort of similar where there's a lot of greenwashing going on. So maybe you can talk about like a little bit about labeling and what we should be looking for. I mean, the easiest route is to find a retailer you trust, whether it's us, it's Credo, it's Belaine, it's, um, you know, within Sephora, there's a, there's a clean section. Um, that's, that's sort of, you know, unless you're the kind of person that, that goes through the grocery store and is like, I'm looking for X ingredient, you know, um, it's really hard. The one of the, um, it, and you'll realize how hard if you do this, if you look on the back of any label and you see the word fragrance, which it will be in skin cream, it'll be in body wash, it'll be in anything and not just perfumed uh, products. But um, if you see fragrance or uh, parfum, there's a loophole in the beauty industry that's from a long time ago uh, when, you know, when it wasn't possible to imitate someone's scent just by, you know, smelling it, which they now can do very easily. Um, but in the old days, you know, you wanted to keep your fragrance formula secret. Uh, you know, they, you didn't want other people to know what was in Chanel number no. five or whatever it was. Um, and so there's a law that you can put any ingredient you want underneath the ingredient fragrance. Oh, and my God. Oh, my God. <laughs> so, like, say you're looking Wait, for something. Really? Well, yes. Yeah. I mean, I'm not, it's not a oh, maybe. This is God. definitely true. Um, and so, like, say you're looking for something that's paraben free. And it doesn't say paraben-free yeah. on the label, but you you look at the back and you don't see anything ending in paraben. You think, okay, paraben-free. The the parabens can be in the quote-unquote fragrance formula, and fragrance. they don't have to disclose yeah. them. You know, it's the natural flavoring, mm -hmm. like yes. you know, on the back of of food packages when it says natural flavoring, that could be literally anything. anything. Yeah. It's the it's the beauty product version of that. Yeah, that is insane. And the the environmental working group, which covers a lot of different kind of categories, but beauty, they have they have they're a great resource if you want to check them out. EWG.org. They they estimate they've done studies that um, there have been up to three thousand ingredients under just fragrance in particular products. No, three thousand. 
Oh, so if you see the word fragrance, which you will on almost every product, you know, there is everything, everything, then you want to look further. It doesn't mean that it's that it's necessarily toxic. There's the clean products that have fragrance listed. um, But you need to be able to go to the website or to the retailer or whoever and say, what is inside this fragrance? Can you list that out for me? And if they won't list it out for you, there's a reason. Um, And so like, that's a very, that, you know, when people are like, how do I read a label? It's like, well, one way is to go, is there fragrance on it? And if they won't tell you, then don't use that product, which is a very laborious shopping <laughs> uh, thing. And so that's why, I, you know, I, I, you know, if you go with a, with brands, you know, are clean or retailers that only sell clean brands, you know, that is certainly an easier, yeah. easier way to go. Sometimes I think the, um, sometimes I think the ingredients are listed so tiny and in like, <laughs> like a pale yellow mm-hmm. type, you know, yeah. color type that it's on purpose. Yeah. And it's, I always worry about yeah, that. Yeah. It's also, you don't, they, they, you don't know how much of anything is in there. And particularly with one of the main uh, offenders in the, in, in beauty products uh, are are endo- endocrine disrupting chemicals which affect your hormones, and n- a lot of them have no known safe dose. Nobody, you know, and and weirdly with like hormonal things, in- incredibly tiny amount can have a real effect on them. And like there's, it's so it's uh, you know the dose makes the poison isn't even actually true for some of the really nasty chemicals that are in there. Oh my God. I know it's not, sometimes I, I feel like it's all a little bit overwhelming and I just kind of want a cheat sheet of like, okay, here's, here's the, the five things that you should use. And then if you want to layer on all these other things for extra credit, great. But like here, just start with these. I would say the, the, the most important things to go clean with, um, I think deodorant is a big one. Um, it you know it's right, right it's right by your lymph nodes it's um it, you know a lot of and i i had a friend who had cancer breast cancer a long time ago and um the first thing they told her after they said you have cancer is um you know stop stop using stop. deodorant and so <sighs> i stopped using it then and it, that was 20 years ago and and you know nothing worked at that time you know you could spray something do you on. have a brand that you love my i've most, heard native is great. native is great my most favorite brand that i think is the most effective and i have you know i have a teenage son and also a boyfriend who's a musician and they both feel that it is effective <laughs> and i feel like especially a teenager will not use something that is not effective um, no <laughs> way just like move right past you um, is schmitz you can get it at like Whole Foods are everywhere. They're actually now owned by Unilever. They were the first clean company that that Unilever uh, bought. And it was this woman in Portland, mixed it up in her kitchen, but it really works. It has great scents, which are all clean. So and it's, you know, it's everywhere. It's pretty, pretty widely distributed. Um, and they have every, I mean, they have like a green tea scent that I swear to God smells like the, the Bulgari green tea from a jillion years ago. Like it's, like Amazing. they have great, they have manly sense, they have feminine sense. It's Schmitz. It's the, that is my Done. Done. Yeah. Affordable. Done. Easy switch. <laughs> Good. The other thing I'd really go clean with is uh, sunscreen. Um, and that's yeah. for a number of reasons. Um, some of the most irritating chemicals in the beauty industry are chemical sunscreens. And there's two kinds of sunscreens, chemical sunscreens, which work by, um, they absorb the UV light that hits your skin. Um, And then mineral sunscreens sit like a layer on the top. Um, So they're almost like a shirt. (laughs) Um, And they're, the, the minerals are not only inert, um, they're what (laughs) they're you, they're, they're what they use to make baby bottom cream. Like they're very soothing. Um, Whereas the chemical sunscreens are are irritating to skin and a lot of you know skin allergies and things come from that but also if you think about especially um one of the main reasons people wear sunscreen certainly on a daily basis is to uh to combat aging um you know the signs of aging um and um sun damage to combat sun damage 
And um, people talk about, you know, inflammation and irritation being the root of all aging and disease. And you're putting exactly. something daily on your skin that ca- that's a known irritant seems like the opposite of what you should be doing. Um, and right. so with clean sunscreen, you're putting something on your, your skin that, that's actually soothing it, not irritating it. And then on top of that, chemical sunscreens, you know, have been banned in, uh, in Hawaii and in, you know, this I'm sure is close to your heart surfing like the, um, you know, and I think in a couple places in the Caribbean, it's been banned um, because it kills coral, you know, exactly. And if you think yeah. about how much sunscreen is actually gets in the ocean. Um, you know, it's got to be a pretty not that big uh, <laughs> amount, you know, uh, compared to the ocean, yet it's killing coral. So what is it doing on yeah. your skin? You know, <laughs> well, that's like, I mean, that, you know, ageless is the name of our podcast. So we think about that a lot, reversing and preventing, I guess, because we spent, you know, we do spend a lot of time, both of us in the ocean and at the beach. Sort of so... like smoking. When you, when you start wearing sunscreen every day, it, your, your skin doesn't have to spend as much energy defending itself. And so it goes into repair mode. Oh, so do you think, so you think it's actually repair, like it's possible to sort of reverse some of the aging that's, that's happening. I'm not a doctor. I've not done, you know, I've, I've done no studies. Um, but I, I, you know, certainly anybody, you know, there are people who've, who've, uh, had, you know, one hand that they wore sunscreen on and one hand that they didn't for, you know, most of their adult life and big difference. (laughs) Um, you look at your, the skin on your butt versus the skin on the back of your hand and you're like, yeah, I mean, I, I have to say I have, I have a lot of uh, effects of the sun on my, on my face and hands just from sitting, you know, on a board in the water for hours and hours on end. And it's beyond, I mean, definitely mineral sunscreen is the way to go, but, um, can we talk about lasers and lasers yeah. help um, with certainly with sun damage, like they can, especially like spots that, you know, they, you, you can kind of zap them right off and they flake away. It's not even a painful process really. It's um, it, they do, they will come back if you don't keep wearing sunscreen like religiously. So my question is, are lasers and injectables part of clean beauty so, you know, it's sort of the way we think about it at Goop is it's sort of your choice. I mean, everything's obviously your choice. We don't we don't sell injectables or uh, <laughs> or <laughs> lasers. So we I mean, a laser. Um, yes. As far as we. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> <I would buy. laughs> the Goop laser. Um, certainly for purists, um, you know, for purists. Um, a laser is doesn't involve any chemicals. They're, um, you know, they, they have to be uh, okayed by the FDA before they can be used. Um, and certainly lasers can be misused. Like I would never go to a someone who is not a doctor and get a laser treatment. Um, <laughs> but as far as get, putting toxins in your body, you know, a, I don't think a laser has that ability at all. Um, then with injectables, people, you know, I, I know less about what's um, in them, but like a lot of them are hyaluronic acid, um, which is, is something that naturally occurs in your body. Um, and you're just kind of replacing that when you, when you get like a filler. Um, and then also, um, so, you know, Botox is a extremely, you know, an extreme natural toxin. Um, it's the most toxic substance on earth. Um, but the way that they use it doesn't, you know, they've been using it for like something like 60 years at this point, I think. Um, and, you know, for because they first used it for, for people with eye twitches long before they used it for for skin. Um, and it doesn't, it, you know, they, it doesn't have adverse effects, you know, that beyond sort of cosmetic effects. Like if you get, you know, Botox done badly, it can make your your uh, brow droop or something like that. But uh it's almost mm-hmm. more much regulated. more regulated. Like the beauty industry, sort of beauty industry, way more regulated, completely unregulated. Um, there was a, there was a, a thing that happened. Um, this isn't even about clean. Um, it was 
uh, I don't know how many years ago, between three and five. Um, and it, the New York Times is actually who uncovered it. Otherwise, we'd never know about it. Um, at, there was a hair company uh, that was um, the they had one of those uh, cleanser conditioner uh, sort of combinations. It was causing people to lose their hair. Um, and there are 21 oh, to this day, there are 21,000 <laughs> women and girls who've lost their hair from this product. Yeah. yeah. Then cosmetics, pretty much you should figure, you know, this thing has not been looked by at by anyone. And even if something bad has happened to someone from using it, I'm not going to know that. Um, <laughs> you know, 21,000 seems like, you know, that it should have been stopped long ago, you know, and, um, it luckily that case and the press that it got um, got a bunch of big players. It was a small company, this the 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 hair company that was putting this product out. It got the big companies. You know, they were making products that that shared characteristics. They didn't cause hair loss, but they they looked the similar to a consumer. And they were like, wait a minute, you know, this is going to destroy my business if this little guy, you know, is is ruining everything for me. So they actually got behind making a few cosmetic laws. The beauty industry, larger companies in the beauty industry became involved because they all of a sudden realized this is a threat to our business. It's a domino effect. Yeah. Well, and I wonder as a journalist, you know, like how many things, how many, how many articles have been written endorsing products that maybe the journalist had no idea what the uh, repercussions or, you know, or the efficacy of any of it, you know, it's just, it's a, that's why being a proponent of clean beauty is, is like the only thing you can do really with a clear conscience, mm -hmm. I would think. Especially now it's very easy. It's not, it used to be like, oh, I love purple eyeshadow that's really sparkly, you know, um, <laughs> and I can only get that, you know, <laughs> by, um, you know, in a, in a conventional company. And that's no longer true. You can get an amazing, like super dramatic red lip. You can get a fabulous body wash that smells amazing and feels amazing and foams. And you didn't used to be able to get all those things. And so now it's easy. It, it is a very easy transition to make. So it's sort of like commerce and education are kind of like coming together in a in a way that you can feel good about it's you know, people are always surprised you know like the, the fragrance thing or something people are always surprised that you know they're like as I was when I first found out I was like wait a minute there's things in beauty products that aren't safe that can't be there's a government you know they're, they're, they'll take care of that and it's just you know, you're like, <laughs> I guess there are bigger issues that we're that are coming well, that, right at the moment um, where you're like, there's, there's a government. Where is the government? Well, yeah, that I guess that 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 brings us to the question, is beauty a political issue? It's a political issue in that, you know, I, you can push for change within the industry politically. Um Although I think the most powerful thing is to vote with your dollar. Um, <laughs> um, but but both things are important. Um, and then I think it's also, you know, beauty gets very, very uh, tied up in how people feel about women, how, you know, uh, vanity, um, all kinds of things. So there's a there's a, you know, people uh, certainly feel judged by standards of beauty. So it, it has a lot of political aspects to it. Yes. Well, and I think men wearing makeup, more and more men wearing makeup is kind of brings in a whole new exciting element to the mm -hmm. industry and, you know, what, how that is uh, received by the general public is, is sort of interesting, I mm -hmm. think. One other issue that maybe we can touch on is clean beauty has a sort of uh, tone to it that maybe it's more expensive or less accessible. Um, the truth is there are great clean brands that are affordable. Um, and, um, the, you know, uh, like one of my all time the original favorite, but like my most, I, one of my very favorite products on earth ever is Waleda skin food. It comes in the green tube. And I feel like it is the, it is the like better than, 
any super fancy moisturizer out there. Like if you want like a moisturizer that makes you look good instantly and lasts for a really long time, smells amazing. Like it is my favorite product of all time. So, um, you know, I, and, and it's, um, oh, I'm writing that like, down. Oh, like <laughs> after surfing, it is one of those products that if you put it on, you, you, you kind of look like you did your makeup. It doesn't have any color or, or tint or anything, but it just, it plumps up your skin like nothing else. Yeah. It's a German company that's been, they've, they've been around for, I think more than a hundred years and they're biodynamic. They're like super, like they, you know, they, they harvest things by the light of the moon at a particular time and do all these things. You know, they're beyond organic and they've been <laughs> in drugstores all along, you know, and just doing their thing with their standards, not publicizing it. And they like, Skin Food is one of their oldest products. I think it's older. It's it's more than 90 years old. And it is better than like your favorite super fancy, super moisturizer. It is better than that. Well, it's, it's sort of, I guess it's sort of like anything in life, you know, like people, I think about it with clothes, like you want something that's like very accessible, but then, you know, once in a while you want to ball out and get yourself a little treat, you know, so... Mm-hmm. I love Mintner's daughter and I throw that, you know, like mix that with, now I'm going to mix it with, with Waleda. I get really excited about, um, you know, that it's, it, it, you know, people, when, when I first started at Goop, everybody was like, oh, you know, Goop is for blonde rich ladies. And it's, it's, it's not. Um, and, um, you know, you have to, you have to read it and, and engage with it. Most of the people that make those kinds of criticisms have never been on Goop. Wait, so I have a question. So if you're like, you're, you're inundated with, you know, so many new products and, and things you get excited about all these new products, how do you manage your own skincare routine? Yeah. And you know should I'm- we be cycling products? I don't cycle products really. I mean, what I, um, like anybody, you know, I, I get, I hear about something and I look at something and I get excited. Um, and if I get excited, I'm like, Hmm, maybe I'll try this. Um, and then it's whether it, um, you know, I guess I, I probably have a higher, higher bar because by the time I'm, you know, at this point I'm like, I, I know this works. I know that works. Um, but, uh, in, you know, I, I try new stuff to see like, do I like what this does on my skin? Um, you know, for most, most people agree that, uh, it's about six weeks. Like say you were like, I want to break out less. You would want to have a routine and stick to that exact same routine and do it really consistently for at least six weeks before you could tell whether that routine was making a difference in your skin. Um, similarly, it's, you know, um, with, like a, you know, sort of like a youth boosting routine, you know, you would want to do the same thing for like six weeks, which is a long time. Um, and I'm, you know, given my job and stuff, I usually I'll try something, you know, I'll get excited about something and I'll try it. And then I'll be like, would I, would I use this instead of, um, I mean, I remember with Vintners, I remember trying it um, cause I heard about it from Alice Lane, the makeup artist, you know, it was sort of like way at the beginning of it. And she was like, Oh my God, like all my customers love this. It's crazy. You know? And I was like, makeup artist likes it, you know, a skincare product. You got to try it. And I was like, the name's kind of weird, <laughs> but I, I got it. And, um, <laughs> and at the time I was a diehard for many years. Uh, I, I used a prescription retinoid, you know, like a retin-A kind of thing and so I was like well I'm not giving this Uh up I know it works and I used the vintners and it sort of started I sort of started like using it more and more use it every other night you know and then you know it just sort of made its way and eventually just replaced the retinoid and I didn't see a difference in my skin and I was like you know okay I love this you know my skin is feels better you know it's not dry and all that stuff you know I'm not saying it's a retinoid substitute, but for me, it was, you know, it just uh, filled the same need. Yeah, I think the six weeks is kind of, that is, is the cutoff. golden time Yeah, period. I watched, um, you know, I have a teenage daughter also, 
Um, and she uh, has, you know, had trouble with her skin. And it was almost like a miracle. Like we were like, it's not working. It's not working. It's not working. Six weeks. It worked. Like it just, yeah, yeah. we, we had to, you know. And that, that with, with any kind of breakouts, the routine is just critical. And the six weeks being consistent. Yeah. I need to hear about your internal beauty routine. Like, do you do supplements and vitamins, all that stuff? Um, I normally take, I take Madam Ovary, which is one of the goop supplements. It's like a daily packet that has everything you need kind of. Um, and it's for, for like mm-hmm. pre-menopause, perimenopause, menopause. Like it's that, you know, it's definitely for my age range. Um, and I, 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 you know, I was, uh, I've heard everything, you know, Gwyneth has said about, uh, about just like the hell of, of getting our supplements to her standards. <laughs> so I, that has, it has like fish oil. It has, you know, vitamin D, it has all kinds of things. I take extra vitamin D just because I have a lot of autoimmune in my family. And I feel like that helps with that. I take a probiotic. I've been taking the Saqqara probiotic, probiotic, um, and they just introduced uh, yeah, that. And I've just yeah. started trying it and I really like it. Um, like a daily packet that's like the goop one. Um, so I'm trying that one right now. Uh, it's not like the goop one, but it's similar in that it's a, it's a packet that has, you know, all you need and theirs is vegan. So it has all the omegas and stuff, but not fish oil. So it's, you know, like a different, different approach. Um, and I've been trying that, but it has probiotics in it, which is great. Um, but I had been using their probiotics to begin with. And then the other thing, um, I have started experimenting with is CBD a little bit, um, for the same reason that, that, uh, you know, like this time of year, like I'm just looking at the trees outside my house right now and they're just like, we are about to send so much pollen your way. Um, and CBD, you know, it tones things down, calms things down. And I just started taking this new brand that I think is really cool. That's for women specifically. The founder's really cool. I was super impressed with them. Um, Equilibria. Um, no, this is so, it's so good. Well, we, I, Kit and I both uh, take CBD, like gummies at night to sleep. And we have, yeah. Do the Charlotte's um, Web brand is amazing. And, or Lord Jones is awesome. Lord Jones. Too. I I took they have the extra strength pills like for pain, and um, I had to have an emergency uh, what's it called uh, uh, root canal. And I came home and I was like, okay, this will be the test. Oh, yeah. We'll see if this actually works for pain because this is pain. And I took two of them, and I'm not kidding. I did not feel the pain of the emergency root canal, like you know that I had just had. So I it's, I, I am convinced by Laura Jones for sure. I am telling you, I, you know, I'm not, I've never been a good sleeper and I take a, like one or two gummies or the drops, the Lord Jones, Jones drops and I'm out. It's really like, it really works. Yeah. It's really, really it's been life changing for me because I used to wake up with horrible um, morning anxiety and since I started taking CBD to sleep, it I never wake up with anxiety anymore. It's crazy. The um, Equilibria makes a, a bath that's pretty amazing to do before bed that's like CBD. Or um, there's a brand called Vertly that literally like I could barely stumble out of the tub. Like it was almost dangerous. Yeah. <laughs> like, um, and, um, and there is, I, I don't have trouble sleeping. My, my boyfriend isn't like trouble sleeping, but he likes a little something before bed. And the one he, he always makes this kind of really good drink that's from daily habit. And he feel like he, he tries all of my, uh, you know, CBD is like sleep things. And he likes that. And this other one from uh beauty chef that's not CBD, but it's like, it's kind of like a, um, like a uh, golden milk latte kind of it's like turmeric and stuff. And it, he, he feels like it really Ooh. helps sleep and it's not, it's not CBD, but the daily habit is, and he kind of mixes the two sometimes the beauty chef and the daily habit. It's good. 
<laughs> oh, that sounds that's better than a than a martini, yeah. I guess. Because that really yeah, then you that, that only hurts your sleep. <laughs> yeah. Um, so just like just to sort of wrap it up, think you know we have talked we haven't talked too much about what's happening now in the world, but um, just to to sort of um, touch on it, um, I think we're all washing our hands like eight million times, oh and we I am so desperate for the absolute most hardcore best my hands are like a lizard like just flaking (laughs) off everywhere like we need some really intense shit number number one i would say once again willita skin food it's like it uh, you gotta try it like it's incredible hand cream it's incredible face cream it will and it's so like thick and rich it's it's crazy like it's not you're not going to want to type on your computer immediately after you know you're going to need to wait five minutes because it's got to sink in. Anything yeah. that's going to work is like that. Like you, there isn't a hand cream that's going to be like amazing on your hands that isn't going to be a little greasy. Um, you know. And and like, can are you putting that on, like loading it up? And then would you put some gloves that, on that and go to really sleep works. or something? Yeah. Like yeah. for a really like hardcore treatment? Absolutely works. Yeah. If you can stand it, do it. Because if, if it'll, it'll, it definitely makes a big difference in terms of, of um, how, how much moisture you're going to absorb and retain. Um, and the other thing um, is just to have it around a lot. Like think about it. Like I, I have it next to my, I have these, I love, I don't know. I, I love pumps, you know, of, of product. Um, like, I don't know if you've ever seen um, Grown Alchemist or Sangre de Fruta, but those brands have these big, beautiful pumps. And so you have like these gorgeous hand washes in there. And then also I just get the the lotion and put it next to it so that every time I wash my hands, I then, you know, I dry them off and then put on some hand cream or just body lotion even, you know, it's all, it's all kind of similar, the stuff. Um, I also really love for, for, there's a hand and body cream from Rodin, you know, Linda Rodin. Um, and I, I think that one's like, oh, oh yeah, it smells so good, but it also is like really thick and rich and amazing. Um, is there one thing that we probably already have in our house or in our kitchen that could also be incorporated into a daily beauty routine? Coconut yeah. oil, Yay, <laughs> it's, it's, you know, thing. it's good for body, yes. it's good for hair, it's good for your lips, it's good for your cuticles, it's good to eat. You can't go wrong. Like you can use it as a mask, you can use it as a moisturizer, okay, you can good. use it as a spot treatment. It's just, it's kind of the miracle product. I <laughs> love the cheat sheet. All right. Thanks for Thank having me. So, so, Thanks so much. All right, so I'm so happy that you guys got to listen to our stories today. As always, you can follow us on social media and keep up with our work and our crazy adventures. Then you can follow us on Instagram at Cynthia Rowley and at Kit Keenan. Thanks for listening. (laughs) 